Yes, the reading this evening is page 1171, which is Galatians chapter 4, beginning at verse 21 through to the end of the chapter. Galatians chapter 4, page 1171. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Break forth and cry aloud, you who never were in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Thank you, Chris. Shall we pray together? Lord and Heavenly Father, help us to understand this passage. Help us to to read it and study it together and help us to hear from you this evening, Lord. Would you open up our hearts, open up our ears to hear from you, Father. May we not go uh, and leave this building tonight unchanged, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Arbeit macht frei. That's German. For work will set you free. These are the words that the Nazis forced their prisoners to erect in iron-cold letters above the gate entrances to, to Auschwitz and several other concentration camps. The conditions were atrocious, as we can, well, probably can't imagine. And the prisoners there were put to work. And we can imagine that the people entering those gates must have seen that sign and said in their hearts, that's a lie. Our work, our effort doesn't set us free. It's a burden. We've been working our way through the book of Galatians, which is Paul's letter to a church in Galatia in the first century. And we've seen that Paul gets so frustrated Because the Christians in that church had also put up a statement in their lives, if you will, in their hearts uh, and in their teachings. And that too was a lie. 
They wanted to say that their works, that is their efforts, by observing certain days religiously and by promoting uh, the act of circumcision amongst them, they wanted to say that all of that, too, had some part to play in setting them free in their salvation and making them right with God. And up until this rather strange, strange chapter, strange passage, Paul has been making one continuous argument to persuade the Galatians that we are justified, that is, we're made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ and not by what Paul calls in chapter 2, works of the law. And as a good teacher, Paul teaches the Galatians not out of his own ideas or theories, but from God's word, which is why we've got this passage today in front of us, where Paul is talking about a story from the book of Genesis, from the scriptures, that the recipients of his letter would have known and understood, or at least thought that they had understood. And that story involves two women called Hagar and Sarah. And you may well have been thinking, well, it's Mother's Day. Maybe, uh, maybe there's, there's a connection there with two, two mothers here, two women. Um, to which I think the answer is probably not. Because as you see in verse 24, Paul says, these things may be taken figuratively. So it's not by design, it's perhaps by, by coincidence, not so much about my motherhood, but we will see what this is about. So Paul is not so much interested in talking about the individuals of the story, that's quite important, but what they represent. Okay, Two ways to live, by works, our own efforts, or by faith, in God's promise. Now my first point is this. Under the law, you've missed something. We need to read verse 21 together. So if you've closed your Bible, then open it up again um, to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 21, page 1171. And Paul says this. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? already given you a bit of German today, so I won't need you to tell, uh, you don't need me to tell you that in English we have several words that can mean multiple things or have several meanings. And we understand those different meanings just by the context alone. Uh, and I want to draw your attention to the word law here in, that ver- in verse 21. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? The word law here, uh, and it's Greek equivalent if you want to know, it's nomos. It can mean a rule or commandment, okay? Or it can also mean the first five books of the Bible. Because in those days, and amongst the Jewish people, they they referred to the first five books of the Bible as simply the law. And that was because they primarily contained God's laws, his commandments to us. So two different meanings for law, different contexts. One, God's commands or rules. And the other just simply meaning the first five books of the Bible or the or scripture, known as the Pentateuch or Torah in Hebrew. Uh, and Paul uses this word twice in, in verse 21, but he means something diff- slightly different each time. He says, you want to be under the law. And which Lord, type of law do you think he's talking about there? He means the commandments. He's saying, you Galatians, you want to remain in a place where you are trying to live by your own works and efforts to set yourself free. Now look at the second instance of the word law. Paul says, are you not aware of what the law says? He means, he means the scriptures. He means the first five books of the Bible. He means we need to go back into the scriptures and I'm going to, going to show you what they really say. 
And that's exactly what Paul does here, which is why we have this example of Hagar, Sarah, and uh, the story of, of Abraham. So we could understand Paul to be saying, under the law, you've missed something. You've missed something that the law itself says. And in chapter 3 Paul uh, of Galatians, Paul's already pointed out that the promises of God, the promise of God to, to make a way for us to be with him, to be saved, came many years before God ever gave us commandments on Mount Sinai to, to Moses. And it brings me to my second point, by faith. We're going to have a look at verse 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. There were two women and they each represent a way to live. And we need to piece the story together that Paul's talking about in order to understand uh, what the point that Paul's making here. So I need you to turn your Bibles with me to Genesis. We're going to go to chapter 15. And we're going to find Genesis chapter 15, which is incidentally on page 15 in our church Bibles. And I want you to find chapter, uh, verse 3, sorry. So chapter 15, verse 3 on page 15. And we're going to read up to verse 6. And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. So here's our story. God promises Abraham that he will give him a son from his own body, an heir from his own body. That bit's important. And Abraham believed the Lord by faith, but now we see where Hagar comes into this. We need to turn over the page, chapter 16, uh, and see what happens next. Chapter 16, and we're going to read the first two verses. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. So Abraham and Sarah, they had a choice. They had two ways to live, if you, if you like. They can choose to live by works, their own efforts, or by faith in God's promise. And we're told later in the story that God really does give them the son that he's promised, and not, not some kind of pretend son who's actually not really Abraham's son, but a real son from Abraham and Sarah, even though they were both over 90 years old. They, in fact, laughed at God, as you probably know in the, from the story, because they didn't think he could do it. They said they were too old. And so they tried to fulfill God's promise by, by works, their own efforts, instead of trusting in God's promise, instead of trusting in God's promise by faith. We're going to turn back to Galatians chapter 4 again. So 
So chapter 4 in its own, one, one, page 1171 if you've lost it. So Abraham and Sarah, instead of trusting in God and his promise by faith, rely on their own works effort to fulfill or try and fulfill God's promise to give them a son. Think about that. Why is Paul using this story then for the Galatians? Well, the Galatians made this mistake by misunderstanding what circumcision, for example, was, it, was for in the first place. It was meant to be a sign to them of their faith in the Old Covenant, not a means by which they could make themselves right with God. God had made a promise from the very beginning that he would make us right with God. And we can't follow the example of, of that Hagar represents and try and fulfill God's promise by our own works, our effort. We need to find um, verse 24 in uh, Galatians 4. And Paul says this, These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Remember that Mount Sinai, uh, as we said, is the place where God gave the Ten Commandments to his people. So that's what Paul is referring to. And Paul is making the connection for the Galatians between Hagar representing a way of believing you can fulfill God's commands by your own uh, and by the Ten Commandments that were given to Moses. But we are to live by faith. We see that verse 28 we, we skip ahead slightly and go to verse 28, and Paul says this. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. Here's what Paul is saying. It's actually really simple. He's saying there are two ways to live. By works, your own effort, or by faith in God's promise. And it should be pretty obvious by now, only one of those, only one of those cuts the mustard. Only one of those is a life worth living. The second way to live is by faith. Faith in what? Faith means to put your trust in something. To put your trust in Jesus. To put your trust not in your own works, your effort, but in, in the works of Jesus. Abraham and Sarah, they, they were old. They were not going to have a son by their own efforts. And all that was required of them was to just trust that God would keep his promise and give them the son that he had promised. Isn't that really what Paul is also saying then to the Galatians? if we want to to understand this passage. He's saying, just stop trying to live like you can live by your own effort. Make yourself right by God. And just live by faith and trust in the Son that God promised to us and kept his promise by giving him to us in Jesus. Two ways to live, by works, your own effort, or by faith in God's promise. And now we're almost there. Last point. Paul says in verse 28, we are like children of promise. He says, now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. We might have also, uh, might also looked at verse 29 and wondered what is, what is Paul saying there. And uh, we, we don't have time to go into it in, in great detail. But later in the Genesis story, Ishmael um, mocks Isaac. He laughs at him. And I think Paul was also drawing the the dots between the two stories there for the Galatians and saying, just like then, people that didn't trust in, in God's promise in that camp, they, they mocked those that do, and we can see that's happening now today as well. But then I want us to read verse 30, which is important for us. And uh, Paul says this in verse 30, But what does Scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son. 
For the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. We might also first read that verse and think, that seems really harsh. What is Paul talking about? And remember, this is figurative. So, so Paul is using Hagar and Sarah as two representatives. It's not really about the individuals himself and themselves. And I think what Paul is saying here is a reference to how Hagar was uh, banished, went away later in the Genesis story uh, and into the wilderness. Uh, and it's a reference to that. And I think Paul is referring to that to say this, this idea that you can live uh, with God by, by trusting in your own works, your effort, it, it, it needs to be banished. It has no place in the Christian life. It doesn't belong there. It's, it's one or the other. We have to live by faith and trust in God's promises. We can't hold on to a little bit of our own effort, bring a little bit of our own contribution. For the Galatians, that was that they could promote their act of circumcision uh, and observe certain things religiously to, to, try and, to try and tick a few boxes. And we can see that Paul is saying that that has no place in the Christian life. A little bit like how the, the, the people in, in those terrible camps must have looked up at that sign that said, work will set you free and thought, it's not true. And that, we can imagine them saying, that sign, that has no place here. It doesn't belong here. Similarly, holding on to to some kind of thinking that, that we have something to offer here or we can trust in our own effort or that we should, it doesn't belong in the Christian life. Paul says we're children of promise. So what does he mean? It means we're simply to, to trust by, or primarily to trust by faith in God's, God's promises to us, in his grace to us. And so we are children of promise. So what does that mean for us? Well, I suppose if you trust in your own effort, then you, then you worry maybe about what money or clothes you have. But children of promise, they don't have to worry about money or clothes because God promises to give us everything we need and to clothe us. Jesus said that in Matthew's Gospel. I suppose if you, if you trust in your own work, your own effort, then, then you, you're more likely to, to fear messing up or to, or to losing what you've, your kingdom that you've built up in life. But children of promise, they don't have to fear being cut off and alone because Jesus promises he's with us always until the end of the age. And if we rely on our own works or effort, we might try and rely on stoic willpower to, to help us resist temptation or to, to be righteous. But children of promise don't have to rely on those things when they find themselves tempted to gossip about their neighbour, to send messages on Snapchat that they shouldn't, or to watch porn, or to join in with peer pressure to hurt someone, because God promises to deliver us from evil, and that when there's temptation, he will always make a way out. Children of promise don't take revenge, or don't need to take revenge, because God has promised to judge the wicked. And children of promise don't have to live in guilt, or shame of anything that we've done in the past. Anything. Because God has promised to make his children whiter than snow. Children of promise aren't condemned for their sins. And don't feel that. Because they know that God has promised that when Jesus died on the cross, when he gave his promised son, his son cried, it's finished. Children of promise don't have to fear death. Because God has promised that death has been defeated 
and we will one day see him face to face and be with him forever. There are two ways to live. We can cling on to a, a life of, of, of works, our efforts, that have no place in the Christian life. Or we can live by faith and, and trust in God's promises and simply be children of promise. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that we are children of promise. What a privileged title to be children of promise of the Heavenly Father. We thank you that you, uh, you rescue us from the slavery and bondage that is a life relying on our own works, our effort. And you call us instead to live a life by faith of trusting in your promises. Father, help us to live like that this week and to, to trust in all those promises that we've heard this, this evening. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite uh, Chris and Emma and they're going to continue uh, leading us in prayer.